Hebrews chapter number 3, <clears throat> verse number 17 down to verses number 19. <clears throat> but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we that they could not, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Verse number 19 talks about their unbelief. Verse number 17 said because they had sinned. They had sinned. Father, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to come together on this Lord's Day. We thank you for uh, your grace has been sufficient for this week. The things that we've had to deal with this week, Lord, we thank you for it. And Father, I pray, Lord, today as we go to this message, Lord, once again, you hide us behind the cross and give us liberty. Preach your word. Father, Lord God, this morning, Father, I just pray, Father, Lord God, there be one here that has a need. God, you meet that need according to your riches and glory. And we thank you for all you do for us, Father. Thank you for our nation that we still have this freedom of worship, Lord. We love you and praise you for what's accomplished here. In Jesus' name and for his sake that we do pray. Amen. Y'all be seated. I'm going to preach this morning on this thought, respectable sins. Respectable sins. The Bible says that, but with whom uh, was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Them that had sinned. Respectable sins. Now the book of Numbers is the record of a people that had two roads before them. Two roads before them after they came out of Egypt. They had a high road and they had a low road. Sadly, they chose the lower road. If you'll note something, the book of Numbers gives no account of any violent or any gross sin or any murder or any immorality during that time. Simply put, they indulged in six small, respectable sins. Now, I'm not going to preach on all of them, but I'm going to preach on two of them anyway. Sins that are easily hidden, easily explained away, grossed over. But these sins caused them to miss the way. One of them was murmuring, murmuring. Now when you murmur, that word murmur means this. It means to make a low continued noise like the hum of bees to grumble or complain in a low voice they murmured they had unbelief as we just read here in the text Bible says in Hebrews 3.19 so we see they could not enter in because of unbelief they also had jealousy they had pride there was depression set in and they had impatience. They tried to get ahead of God. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 11, the Bible tells us now these things happened to them for in samples. They were written for our admonition, which means our warnings, but whom the ends of the world are come. Now how are we going to wind up in our Christian lives? Are we going to miss the way like the Israelites did or are we going to be battling God instead of winning with God? Or are we going to live a wasted life? Or are we going to have a winning life? I don't want my life to be wasted because Jesus died for me. 
Jesus did not die for me just to keep me out of hell. Jesus died for me to have, for me to have a winning life. Without Jesus, your life is losing all the time. But I want to have a winning life. Now here's the tragedy. Many people think the victorious Christians when actually they're carnal believers. It's amazing our opinion, our perception of ourselves, how we perceive ourselves. How many godly people do you know? Now here's the truth. Here's the answer to that. All believers are to be godly. Where do we come across with the notion that there are godly Christians and ungodly Christians? There ain't no such thing as an ungodly Christian. You say, well, where do you get that from? Because Christian is a noun and it's not an adjective. There ain't no such thing as an ungodly Christian. Otherwise, you're a Christian or you're not. Amen. But now we've got that terminology. They said an ungodly Christian. Ungodly Christian. But we find this morning, I want to preach on two of these respectable sins that Israel had. And the first two is murmuring and unbelief. That's the two things I'm going to preach on very shortly this morning. Then I'll let you go. Two sins of the people. Murmuring and unbelief. Now we find here the sin of murmuring is found back in the book of Numbers. If you want to turn over there to book of Numbers, chapter number 11, you can find this, Numbers chapter 11 and verses number 1. Numbers chapter 11, verse number 1. Bible says, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, the Bible says. We have a few things here in this sin of murmuring, murmuring, murmuring. First of all, you have some that were converted but were complaining. They were converted, but they were complaining. The Bible says the people complained. The people complained. Amen. In other words, they begin to murmur. They begin to murmur. Not only that, not only were some converted that were complaining, but the company that was not converted. Look here in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. The source of their complaining. Bible says the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Now there's a representation here. We find what represents the lost. The mixed multitude, the mixed multitude, the Bible calls them, represents the laws. Now, I believe this mixed multitude, well, how in the world did they get out there in the wilderness with Moses and them? I believe they didn't sit behind a door with blood over top of it. You said, why? Because only the firstborn died. So if they, didn't have, if they were not a firstborn, they escaped and they come out with Moses. But guess what? They didn't know the God Moses knew. They kind of slipped in there. Do you see that? Mixed multitude. There's people that slip in today. They're not saved. They're not saved. They play religion. They act like they are for a little while, but behind closed doors, they're not saved. Let me say this. This thing serving God, this ain't no game right here. If you're going to serve God, amen, you're supposed to live it. You're supposed
supposed to act like it. And people are supposed to look at your life. If you look like the world, amen, and you try to be a Christian, people will mock you. People will mock you. Now, when Jesus saves you, he changes you, brother. And if you're not changed, amen, you're in there with that mixed multitude like Moses had to do it. And when you got a mixed multitude, you got problems because you cannot make a sinner be a Christian. You cannot make a sinner be a Christian, amen. Well, we find here, it was amazing, though, they had influence on Israel. You got the converted that are complaining, you got the company with the converted, but then you got those complaining and criticizing. Look at Numbers 11, verse 6. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. We find here they are complaining and criticizing. They're criticizing. They said there's nothing here at all. Now when they first tasted the manna, it was good. But guess what? They got tired of it and they didn't want it no more. What is that an example of? A profession without a possession. Well, I'm tired of it now. I tried it. It just don't work. You didn't get saved to start with, brother. Amen. You get saved to start with, amen. Don't come across with that, amen. We ain't got no AAA here, amen. Hey, this is not a place of rehabilitation. This is a, hey, this is a place where sinners get saved, amen. Uh, preachers will bash their brains together trying to get sinners to be saved, amen. When they just need to get saved, and then they can serve Jesus. If you get saved, brother, you're going to serve the Lord or you're going to pay the consequences. You will pay the consequences if you get saved by the grace of God because God ain't got no respect to persons. He'll, he'll, listen, he'll blister from the pulpit all the way back in the pew. Amen. When God gets a hold of you, it's like my daughter had to beat Brayton the other day and he got a whipping. He's done something he's supposed to do. He got him whipping and he went to his grandma and he says, Nina, don't whip my butt no more. Mama done whipped it one time. When God gets your hope, brother, you'll know it. You will know, I promise you, you will know it. Now we find here, they begin to complain and they begin to cry. The sin of murmuring. But there's also the sin of unbelief. Look here in Numbers chapter number 13. In verse number 17, go over there just a little bit. Numbers chapter 13, in verse number 17. Now to get ready to view out Canaan land. See the men over there spied out. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, verse 17. And said unto them, Get ye up this way southward and go up to the mountain. First of all, number one, we see the command. The command. He says, get ye up this way southward and go up into this mountain. But not only do we see the command, but number two, we see the conclusion. The conclusion is found in Numbers 13, verses 27 down to verses 29. And they told him and said, we came into the land, whether thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They come back, basically what they're telling Moses, they said, yep, we went up there and checked it out, Moses, but listen, 
We can't do this, Moses. This is just too difficult. I tell you, that's just too great. What we need to do now is just settle down here a little bit, come to ourselves, and just forget about Canaan. We just don't need to go over there and worry about that. Now, their very first step to victory was this right here. We are in our own sight as grasshoppers. They said we're grasshoppers compared to them. Brother, let me tell you something. You don't do anything for God, you'll never get anywhere starting off like that right there, amen. They started their journey in unbelief. Here's the reason why God has a problem with unbelief. Because you believe Jesus to get saved. So if you believe Jesus to get saved, why do you have unbelief with anything else in your life? God does not like unbelief. Why? Because it takes belief to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And thy house. Amen. Brother, when God saves, God changes. When God saves, God changes. Amen. The sin of unbelief. Well, they took their very first step, and it was a bad one. The Bible says in Hebrews 3.19, they could not enter in because of unbelief. Show you three things very briefly, some, uh, uh, some comparisons to this unbelief thing. We got, number one, wrong relationships within the home. Wrong relationships within the home. Rather than admit and humbling ourselves and confessing our sins, we will not face it and sit down and spend the rest of our lives in unbelief. And I believe God can heal any problem in your home. Amen. If you've got a problem in your home, God can heal the problem in your home because God is greater than any problem you got. Amen. Thing is, sitting down, getting pride out of the way and admit that I'm wrong and do something about it and quit sitting there in unbelief and let pride get in you and don't admit that you are wrong. Amen? Wrong relationships within the home. Wrong relationship within the church. Maybe we failed and made mistakes in certain situations. I know I ain't always been perfect. But the way is still open to go back, try again, and put it right. So many times we're too embarrassed and we're ashamed so we slide back and we withdraw completely. Don't do nothing for God. We hide our talent. We never again become the man or woman God meant for us to be. Folks, listen. When God saved you, He's got a plan for your life. And in that plan for your life, He's got things He wants you to do. He wants you to be an ambassador just like the rest of us. You represent Him wherever you go. Amen. If you look like the world, you are a disgrace to God because why? God brought you out of Egypt. Amen. Just like He did Israel. And God wants you to represent His boy. And don't make a disgrace to Him. And somebody points out that's a Christian. world's full of them. That's not what it's all about. Amen. We got wrong relationships in the church. We got wrong relationships in the will of God. A door of opportunity was open. A call to advance. Moses said, get up the south side and get on over there and spy the land out. Well, the way, we find that they had the opportunity, but it will cost you something you were unwilling to give up. You've got to go and sacrifice to do anything for God. Now age is creeping in on you. You've got comfortable, and you keep intending on doing something for God, but you never get it done. And it all comes from unbelief. Now, they murmured. They had a mixed multitude with them. That didn't help them none. And then they had unbelief. But in closing, let me show you this. I want to show you the solution to the people's sins. Here's the solution to the people's sins. Now, God's people murmur. So many times we do. I've done it. We murmur and we will not believe God. What is the solution for us? Here's your two things. Take home with you. Action and attitude. 
Action and attitude. Look in Numbers chapter number 13. This is the solution now when unbelief, when unbelief and murmuring comes. Numbers 13 verse number 30. And Caleb stilled the people. Y'all see that? Well, Caleb was telling him, say, hey, let's quiet down here for just a moment. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Action, action. He said, let us go up at once and possess it. Here's two things Caleb was telling the people. Number one, he was telling them this. Stop talking. Stop talking. Caleb stilled the people from Moses. What Caleb was telling the people was quit talking about the defeat that might come tomorrow when tomorrow hasn't even come yet. Quit talking about the enormous size of the enemy when we haven't even faced the enemy yet. Quit talking about your disappointments and your failures and get out of that negative gear. There ain't nothing worse than a negative Christian, brother. Every time you're around him, it's always negative, amen. If I got to be around somebody who's always negative, I don't want to be around him, amen. Amen. Negative, 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 all the time. Negative, amen. People get sick and tired of hearing negative all the time. Negative, negative, negative. So he says, quit talking about all this stuff. Get the negative out of your life. He said, now, here's what you need to do. You need to quit talking, and you need to start walking. Now, anybody can talk. It's a different thing to walk. <laughs> anybody can talk. It's a different thing to walk. All right, let's go up at once. Get up, put on your armor, and start walking up the hill with God. Take the first step of faith. When you've done it, take the next step. God is not obligated to show you the next step until you take the first step. Now let me say this. Our business is to live a moment at a time. Not only that, and that moment, let it be for God. Think not on a holy life, but a holy moment as it flies by. Amen. Think and go action for God. Just make that first step. God will come to you. Amen. Action. We need action. We don't need to talk. We need to walk. So he suggested that they put forth action. And number two, attitude. Many people think the victorious life is just for a special few. I don't know where in the world that got started at. Many people think, the, I've had people come in, they make professions of faith and, and they hear me preach and, and, then, and then they'll hear, you, hear me bring my testimony from time to time and then they'll say, well, I'm not like you. I don't expect you to be like me. But I know one thing, you can have a victorious Christian life. Victorious Christian life is for everybody. Yes. Not for a special few. Just a special few. No, God died for all. Jesus died for all. Not just a few. You can't have the victorious life. You can be a victorious Christian. Amen. Thank God for that. You know, if you walk out in the moonlight at night, you ever felt like that the moon was coming to you? You ever felt like you're the only one that can see the moon? No. Somebody else can be on the other side of Bristol. You can be over here in Blumpton, and they can walk out there, and the same moonlight that's shining on you will shine on them. Amen. But it feels as if when you're looking at it, it's coming to me. But the truth is, the moon beams at everybody who looks at it. There's darkness on every side, folks, today. But God sends light to everybody that's looking. God sends light to everybody that's looking. If you'll study the life of Israel in closing, Israel saw only the bitterness of Marah. Remember that? Come to the waters of Marah. They thirsted down in Rephidim, needed something to drink. 
the drought and hunger of Sinai, needing something to eat. But here's the way God saw it. And that's the way that they saw it. But according to Exodus 19.4, part of that verse says, I brought you into myself. God allowed them to go through all of that to bring them unto the Lord. God allows us to go through things. Yes, he does. God allows things to happen in our lives. Amen. And I thank God for it. Sister Linda passed away. David's sitting right over there. David has not been here when Sister Linda was, but listen, Sister Linda's gone, but David's here. Is that a blessing? You better believe it is. Brother, let me tell you, there ain't a saint of God that'll ever leave this world. God won't get glory out of your life. And I believe that they're just beginning. God ain't through yet. God's, hey, listen to me. God, God didn't take Linda for nothing. God didn't take Linda for nothing. God didn't take Amber for nothing. It's all for a reason. And God will get glory. When you don't think God's working, honey, God's a working, brother. God's a working all the time. And guess what? God has a plan. We don't understand God's plan some, uh, sometimes. We wish we could figure it out. But he said, my ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. You can't comprehend everything God's doing, but God is a working. But watch out for murmuring. It's so easy to murmur. It's so easy to complain. Things ain't going right. First thing we want to do is murmur, and we're really trying to blame God for it. Amen? And we murmur under our voice. See, when you're murmuring and it's a low voice, really, they, unless a person gets right up on you, they can't hear that. But what did the Bible say? God heard it. <laughs> God heard it. God heard it. So always remember this. It doesn't matter what people know about you and all that stuff. The main thing is God knows your character, amen. God knows exactly about you, and God knows who you are. But they murmured, and then they had unbelief. They didn't believe God could do what he said he could do. Folks, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ever think or even ask of him, amen. God's able to do that, amen. God is still God. He was God in 1950. He was God in the 1800s. He was God during Adam's time. And guess what? He is still God. And don't believe everything you hear. <laughs> I heard yesterday somebody said there was some forbidden pages they ain't put in the Bible. And it said in those forbidden pages, it quotes that Adam had another wife, but she wouldn't, sum she wouldn't submit to him. So God made him another one. And she was called Eve, honey. Adam didn't have but one. Her name was Eve. Well, where you get that? I get that from the book. Not no forbidden pages, honey. There ain't no forbidden pages, honey. It's this book right here. This is the word of God. You believe this here or you don't believe nothing. He said they have Moses and the prophets. He said let them hear them. He said they won't be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Now here's what the rich man said. Now get this in, in, in close. He said if one raised from the dead, they will repent. Stop right there. The rich man knew what it was to repent. But guess what? He didn't ever do it. So you think these people walking around and they just ain't getting it. Oh yeah, they know. The rich man knew what it was to repent. He just never done it. And when you get to hell, penance ain't no good there. You can repent for eternity. And honey, it's over with. When you reach your destination, that's it. So make sure you're going to heaven. Because just as sure as there's a heaven, there's a hell. Amen. Just as sure as there's a heaven, there's hell. And Jesus died to keep us out of there. But let's don't murmur in these last days. Let's don't murmur and complain. And grab, thank God for what you got. Thank God for what you got. God's been mighty good to us, amen. Mighty good to us, praise the Lord. And listen, unbelief. Don't let people sway you and think that Jesus Christ ain't coming, honey. Jesus Christ is coming. Jesus Christ is coming. And be careful who you listen to that they rightly divide the word of God. Because in such hours you think not, the Son of Man is coming, amen. Brother John, your sister Judy come this morning, please. It's a little bit scattered this morning, but it's kind of...
two things God told me. There were six of them there that I studied out, but God said just use th those two. We don't need to murmur. We don't need to have unbelief in our lives if we're saved by the grace of God. If you're here today and you're not saved, you need to believe. You need to trust Jesus Christ. He died according to the Scriptures. He rose again according to the Scriptures. Hey, listen. He died according to the Scriptures. He was buried and rose again according to the Scriptures. Amen. And because of that, you can have eternal life if you believe in what Jesus died and shed his blood for your sins. Amen. Thank you for listening to the In Spirit and In Truth podcast. Hope this message was a blessing to you all. Tune in next week to hear God's word. Until next time, Pastor Locklear.